joining us for a conversation is David Morgan. He is the founder of one of the world's preeminent financial reports, The Morgan Report. In today's discussion, we look to find out if gold and silver are still relevant and what prudent actions you should take to protect your portfolio, and even better, how you can thrive when others are trying to survive. Mr. Morgan, welcome to the show, sir. Maurice, it's good to be back with you. Thank you. It's a great time to speak with you today as investors are trying to make sense of the markets and figure out what to do with their investments. Mr. Morgan, your work is one of the most comprehensive in the space from economics, precious metals, and resource stocks with a proven track record of success and valuable insights. I want to get your perspective on gold and silver, but before we do, I know you're very keen on energy. The average person is fixated on the price at the pumps. Are the current prices short-term, and what are some of the unintended consequences of the current administration's energy policies that have your attention beyond the price at the pumps that we may be overlooking? Well, we're overlooking is what uh, Steve San Angelo from the SRS Rocco Report has been kind of pounding the table on. And it's not just him, it's sort of the leaders in the industry. But fracking really doesn't work. I mean, it works, but it doesn't really yield enough oil for dollars in. So let me restate that succinctly. Use an equation called energy return on energy invested. So the amount of energy that's required to do a fracking well provides very little return on investment. And the other part of it is we're at the energy cliff, which is how he refers to it in many others, meaning that we've probably not only have we gotten that all the easy to get to oil, we're probably at the level now where we're going to get a degradation in overall supply, even with fracking. It may go a little bit longer, but not much. So we're going to see continued high prices and higher prices and scarce, more scarcity. The big question amongst most oil analysts is what's really going on in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime there is a shortfall, then the heat goes on to them to produce more and make up the difference. But Russia is actually in the catbird seat as far as the oil, current oil situation is. Because they have it at the margin. They're the ones that really can control prices by, you know, taking in or not, uh, you know, different clients. And, of course, we know all that's going on with Ukraine and uh, Eastern Europe through regular Europe as far as their need for natural gas and the ability of uh, Russia to provide it. Now, how concerned are you about the price of wheat? Because these are some of the unintended consequences that we see. Energy prices are going up. How does that correlate as well with food prices? Yeah, well, they're directly correlated because without oil, you don't have fertilizer. And in all commercial farms now, you have to put fertilizer on the soil to grow anything because the soil is totally depleted of any nutrients whatsoever. So without an oil-based uh, fertilizer, then you're not going to be able to grow much. And so the cost of fertilizer has gone much higher, just as oil has gone much higher. And then, of course, with uh, a lot of countries saying we're not going to export wheat, I'm very concerned about it. Uh, there is a food crisis at our doorstep, and it's going to get worse. And I don't think it's a one growing season situation. I think it's at least two, three and that's unfortunate because food is going to be priced out of the availability of some, a lot, 
of a percentage of the world's population. I mean, in the U.S., the food budget for households are, I don't know what, I'm going to make up a number, 10%. But if you go into Asia, I know the number, it used to be 40%. And so you get a 20% increase in there, and then it's 50%, and it goes another 20%. It's like over half of their income is required just to feed themselves and their families. You're going to have pushback. You're going to have real problems. And that's the direction we're, we're headed right now. What are the base metals suggesting to you and which ones have your attention and why? Well, all the commodities are pretty much in a bull trend. Copper primarily, the reason is all this move to uh, electrifying everything, green energy. I mean, the amount of copper that's required, if this thing goes away, it's purportedly going to go. You're going to need a lot more copper than you have right now. So <clears throat> we've been bullish on copper. David Smith's written three or four or five articles over the last year, year and a half, we featured everything from top tier to mid tier to speculative copper companies. A lot of our readers are in some of those equities and uh, we're bullish on it. My big difference, I would say difference to David and I, I haven't really discussed it with him at length, is what's happening to the population. I mean, I hate to sound like a doom and bloomer, but the reality is, <clears throat> you know, if you have, uh, less population, you have mitigated the need for oil or wheat or copper or anything. And I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm open to the idea that um, there are deaths that happen in war. I mean, it's, you know, and this is not a global conflict at the present, and I hope it isn't, and I don't think it will be. But uh, nonetheless, we have to be open-minded about all of these potentials. Well, I share those same sentiments with you. We hope it doesn't get worse. What about nickel? Were you surprised at the move of nickel last week? I was. I don't fault that strongly. My friend John Lee is a big nickel advocate. We did a couple write-ups in the morning report about it. and he, he predicted to shoot up, and he was right, and I forget what it was. It was years ago. And here we are again. So, no, it did kind of catch me by surprise. But uh, it just shows you that, um, you know, the derivatives market doesn't really have control of the price at all times. There are exceptions, and obviously the nickel market showed everyone that fact. All right, moving on to physical precious metals. Let's find out if gold and silver are still relevant. Mr. Morgan, speculators are scratching their heads trying to figure out what the gold and silver price movement is suggesting to us. After all, shouldn't gold and silver be higher as energy and food prices continue to increase? Absolutely. They should be much more reflective of uh, the purchasing power. You know, if you went back, and I don't know what, the, what it is, Maurice, but if you took, uh, you know, from the 13th, 14th century on and found out how much gold would buy a bushel of wheat, you could do that arithmetic and probably determine that gold's not buying as much wheat as it used to. It could be. I really don't know. I think gold's performing fairly well. I mean, we're pushing toward the $2,000 level in nominal terms, and that's a far cry from the 250 it started at in 2000, year 2000. Silver has lagged. It's got in the head. Uh, it actually outperformed gold through 2011 on a percentage basis, but then it's been back and forth ever since. But no, they both should be higher. They should both be higher valued relative to other commodities and they're not. 
And it sounds like the old whining, you know, statement that uh, the powers that be don't ever advocate buying gold and silver. I mean, you don't hear any of the Wall Street pundits talking about why you should own gold, especially why you should own silver. It's only the alternative financial press that ever really talks much about it. Nonetheless, that doesn't mitigate the fact that the run to gold will start, and it probably has started. So the value now is cheap relative to what it could or should be, and I think it's actually an opportunity. Well, you speak with a number of institutional and high net worth clients. How are they positioning themselves? They're getting in the gold. I've gotten many calls in the last few months, especially actually last year with the uh, Wall Street silver crowd and a pretty good tightening in the silver market. And a lot of people that I've never spoken with before and some that I have, because you said I've got a pretty good connection to the wholesale side, the hedge fund community, family offices, credited investors and that type of thing. But new calls were coming in from people with high net worth that never bought gold. They go, I trust you. I want to consult with you. I want to not get burned. You know, where do I buy it? Who do I buy it from? How do I store it? And, you know, I've got this much cash. I need to move some into gold. What do you suggest? So many of those calls, and um, they're still coming in, not at the rate they were, but I think that's kind of a lull before the storm. I think as this unfolding of this disarray in the financial architecture that's really literally falling apart in front of our eyes with the swift uh, closure for the Russia, and the boomerang effect of how that's going to affect a lot of the counterparties that have loans into Russia or Russia's loan them money or back and forth. I mean, there's a lot. All these banks are interconnected, whether they're in Russia, China, or the U.S. or Switzerland. They all deal with each other. And you can certainly do transactions about the SWIFT system. There's a system called SIPS, C-I-P-S, that China started some time ago. And the BRICS have had uh, their own negotiations outside of settling in the U.S. dollar. And this is all part of the uh, new paradigm that we're going to be, that we're witnessing change before our eyes on how monetary transactions are going to take place in the future. Yeah, I'd like to be a fly on the wall when you have these conversations. May I ask you this, sir? Which metal are you buying right now and in what form? Right now, um, I may buy a little bit more platinum. I uh, was a big advocate of palladium at the right time. I got out of it um, some time ago. In fact, I swapped my palladium around, I think, 2600 or so for uh, silver 18. So I feel that was a pretty good swap. But um, palladium is a free market. I mean, Russia holds a lot of it. It's a very thin market. It's pretty hard to monkey with. I think the, the U.S. dollar price is pretty accurate to the supply demand reality. Not so true in, uh, not true in the gold and silver market. And uh, platinum, since palladium has taken center stage for catalytic converters and the jewelry demand that's mostly out of Japan has waned because the new younger generation really doesn't feature platinum as something you want to own or, or have as jewelry. It's got a bit of an oversupply, but not much. It's very rare, just like palladium. But until that demand curve changes, you're not going to see a big price change. Platinum will be used in the hydrogen economy. So if you have a longer-term view, I think platinum is probably a good buy at this time. 
where you're speaking music to my ears, as you know, I'm, I'm, my biggest position is platinum. What words of wisdom would you like to convey to someone who is trying to time the market for the ideal entry point? Give up. Admit that you can't time it perfectly. No one can. The best thing to do is what I put in the 10 rules of silver investing, and that is find a bull market and dollar cost average. Or you could try and time it. I mean, most people that pick the bottom miss it, and then it goes lower and they get upset. So the best thing to do is give yourself like, you know, three lottery tickets instead of one or five instead of one and say, okay, I've got 50,000, I'm going to put in the metals, I'm going to put 10,000 in over the next six months and then try to pick the bottom and try to pick the next bottom. Problem with doing that, which is fine, and that's a good method, is if it runs away from you, um, then you've got to buy higher. So the best approach, I think, is the dollar cost average and just say, I'm going to contribute this much, especially good for people that just, you know, work for uh, a paycheck. You can just allocate, you know, I'm going to save X amount, 50 bucks a week, and I'm going to put it in the metals. It's going to go into silver for this year and next year I'm going to go into gold or whatever. So it really takes the stress out of it. If you know you're a long-term investor, um, it takes a lot of the worry out of it. So when the price goes down, you're buying more. And when the price goes up, you're buying less. And that's the easiest way to, again, turn the uh, bull market to your advantage. You know, one of the things I learned from you many years ago is not to look at the the currency value, but more or less the weight. How many ounces do you own? And those are words of wisdom that resonated with me and have stuck with me. And I, and I thank you for those words of wisdom. Well, you're welcome. And it's hard to do even for yours truly. I mean, you know, if we went back to the 19th, you know, 1900s or something, and if you saw you had 100 ounces of silver and a year later you had 200 ounces of silver, you would feel that you doubled your money because silver was money. And it was clear. It's right in front of your face physically. But now that everyone actually looks at what's their paper price, it may be meaningless. I mean, if paper you know, paradigm is destroyed like all in the past have done, then what, what meaning is 100, 1,000, or 10,000 in hyper? Now, I do not think we're going to go into hyperinflation in the U.S. dollar, but I do think we're on track to see enough inflation where people will run the gold because the pump price for gas is six, seven, eight bucks. And, you know, cost of bread doubled over the last year or whatever. So people don't necessarily understand stocks. They don't necessarily understand inflation. They don't understand the difference between a supply chain breakdown or a shortage versus money printing. What they do know is what things cost. And things that they need the most, fuel and food, shelter, cost more than that's inflation to them. And if they have any savings left over, they're either going to buy extra food or they may, if they've got above and beyond that, they may put some money in the precious metals. It's an easy understand to understand investment especially as times get tougher and tougher. So that gives the other side more impetus to keep the price within a manageable range so that most people don't say, oh, hey, look what gold's doing. Look what silver's doing. Well, speaking of gold and silver, allow me to remind you that I'm a licensed representative to buy and sell physical precious metals delivered directly to your home from the only online dealer that is licensed and bonded 
period. And that is Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. Give me a call at 855-505-1900. Or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. What has you concerned the most that we aren't thinking about? I think it's emotions or attitudes. I think that the idea of all this stress that's upon the humanity at large does take its toll on everyone. And I think that we need to take a deeper breath and be more grounded um, and not overreact. It's very tough when you have so much stress on you to not uh, react and to reflect. But that would be my message. Take that extra three seconds, pause, be meaningful, try and be present and not in a position where you might regret something you do or say just because of, you know, you're lashing out, not necessarily at the person you lash out at. There's so much stress within you. So I'd say stress relief, keep your attitude strong. Know that uh, humans have gone through things this bad or worse in the past, gotten through it. There is, uh, there is the other side. And it's something we just have to get through. Last question. What did I forget to ask? I don't think I forgot anything. I just want to uh, commend you on what you've done from the time we met. You uh, have always been super polite, and it's always been a pleasure to speak with you. I'm happy to be back with you for this brief time, and uh, just keep on continuing what you're doing. And more of us to spread the word and try to help others. I think it's a good way to spend... Uh, spend what we all have, a most valuable resource or time. Well, I thank you for those kind words. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Mr. Morgan was instrumental in pushing me into getting into the public domain. You mentored me years before I got into Proven Improbable. I think we started corresponding probably 2011, 2012, and I finally opened the door around 2016. And you've been instrumental and and, and a beacon and a light of inspiration to me. And I, I thank you for all your years of, of always just being there for me. And I regret that we haven't had you on the show. My full apologies. We need to get you back on here on a more regular basis. <laughs> thank you for that. Anytime I'll be here. Thank you. Now, I referenced the Morgan Report in the introduction. For someone new to your work, tell us more about the Morgan Report and how we can become subscribers. Yeah, there's two services. There's a free one and a paid one. So just go to themorganreport.com on the landing page, the domain, morganreport.com, themorganreport.com. Just give me a name and an email. You'll be on our free e-letter. And then if you're interested in how to leverage into the resource sector, hit the subscribe tab at the navigation bar. And you can see a video. You can also uh, read a sales letter on what it is. And there's some options there if you want to become a monthly member or you want to do it on an annual basis. Mr. Morgan, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you the absolute best, sir. Thank you so much, Maurice. The information presented on Proven Improbable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.